So you drafted a fantasy football team. Big deal. Ooh, wow. Good job. Drafting is only half the battle. A month from now, you're going to wake up, check your team, and see that your three best players are hurt. Now what? You need to play the waivers, make trades, know who to start. And that's what we're here for. We're coming to you four times a week during the regular season to give you everything you need to win your league and dominate your group chat. Search for the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays or SGPs as the kids like to call them all on one page plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win so download the app today and bet with FanDuel America's number one sports book the ringer is committed to responsible gaming please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details must be 21 plus 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Chicago everywhere. Check it. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. Welcome into episode 17 of The Full Goal Podcast with Jason Golf. I am Jason Golf, and as always, we're brought to you by The Ringer. And of course, Spotify is the game. All I got to say is a few words to start this pod off. The league is back, baby. That's right. NBA basketball is back in our faces. We got a doubleheader tonight. If you're listening to this pod on Tuesday night, God bless you. you know, that means that you're either watching the games or the games have already finished up and you're sitting around waiting for Bulls basketball on Wednesday as they take on the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. Uh, of course, I'll be on a pre- and post-game show with Kendall Gill and Will Purdue. You should always check that out on NBC Sports Chicago. But, yeah, man, the, the league is back. And this has always been a special day for – uh, people who love the NBA, people who love basketball, <clears throat> like myself, right? I I, I kind of made my bones in this city very early on in my, well, I don't even know if it's early on in my career, but in my earlier stages of life uh, covering 
basketball and covering the Bulls and going up to the Birdo Center when I could to sneak a practice in here or there. And then when Derrick Rose was drafted, going up to the United Center on game nights after working at the score and trying to get as much tape and as much experience as I possibly could while seeing the OGs cover that team. Now I get a chance to work next to one of the OGs in Casey Johnson. But yeah, shout out to Joe Cowley. Shout out to Casey Johnson. Shout out to, hell, Agre Sam back in the day. Uh, all the people who I used to see. Uh, Nick Friedel uh, back in the day, and Cheryl. <laughs> Shout out to Cheryl. Uh, all the people, like I said, I used to see back in the day. The Bigs, right? Terrence Tomlin, my man Gene McIntosh, all the people that I used to see and hang out with at the uh, at the United Center for Bulls games when it was an event, right? When it, when it was an actual thing. Post-Jordan era, right? Never get a chance to, to cover the Jordan Bulls, and KC did, so I'm always picking his brain about those championship runs, but this is a great time, and, and as a kid, it was a personal time for me because you got a chance to see the new haircuts, right? You got a chance to see who had the new sneaks, right? Like NBA league opening or tip-off day, whatever the case may be, you, you'd see all the new fashions that you would hopefully going to get you know, around Christmas or so, right? So the league would start around Halloween, and then all of a sudden Christmas roll around. You get to check out who got the fresh kicks, and then you go, hey, mom, hey, dad, or hey, uncles in my in – my, uh, in my example, hey, uncles, I need this, this, and this. You know, Scottie Pippen is out here looking like, like a champ in these new flights, like that kind of vibe. So it was always a, a, a newness that I welcomed, right? NFL kickoff is for everybody. That's for the country. Uh, baseball fans have opening day and the, the pageantry that goes along with opening day and the romanticism of baseball. And, and hockey fans, well, you know, hockey fans just have each other when it comes to, to the league opening day. But for the NBA fans, it's a special time. And this year is no different. And the reason why this year is no different on the special uh, nature of, of the league opening up is because you get the chance to see your favorite dudes, the fav- your favorite people, the, the Kevin Durant's, the Giannis Antetokounmpo's of the world, the LeBron James's, of course, Luka Doncic is out there making noise. And, and Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors going to have something to say this year uh, when Clay gets healthy. Uh, for maybe one of the last runs in that window. But if you're a Bulls fan, if you're listening to this, you're probably a Bulls fan. You have uh, walked down a very, very long and dark and narrow and scary alley in your basketball life uh, over the last few years. You're trying to figure out what this team would be, trying to figure out who the coach would be, trying to figure out what the front office was going to look like. And then all of a sudden, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley pop up, and then it starts to get in motion. Lowry Markkinen is no longer here. Wendell Carter Jr. is no longer here. Hell, Kobe White and Zach Levine are the only players that were on this roster two years ago that are still on this roster. So you're in the cut. You're waiting for the offseason. You're like, what are they going to do? They go out and, and drop a bag. They, they go out and get Alex Caruso. They go out and get Lonzo Ball. They go out and get DeMar DeRozan. They, they make big, big, hearty, hearty swings. They take big, hearty swings, I should say. And they didn't – we'll see if they miss. I don't think they miss, though. I don't think they miss. And it's not just because I'm around it with Kendall and Will. This team – this team's going to be all right. And I think it's going to be more than all right. Zach Levine has become one of the more efficient scorers in the NBA. I don't see how that efficiency is going to take a dip with better players around him. 
All right. For for the last couple of years, I, I wondered why Lowry Marketing and Zach Levine never played the two man game or didn't play the two man game as much as they should. Well, guess what? One guy was ascending and one guy was plateauing. One guy was flatlining, to be honest with you, in Lowry Marketing. He's now moved on to Cleveland. I wish him nothing but the best, uh, hoping hoping that he finds whatever it is that that had him. Uh, playing at a different level for a couple of months, uh, a couple of years ago, and since then, you know he's kind of he, plateau is, is tough because he's such a young player. But he, he his numbers didn't look bad last year when, before uh, injuries and before some of the COVID scares that hit the team. It just the impact wasn't there. So now you move on, and now it, there are mercenary type of you know villains wearing red and black you know Nikola Vucevic comes over at the trade deadline and you don't make the playoffs it's a huge disappointment for everybody involved you know it's a failure to be honest with you when you take a big swing like that at the trade deadline pull off one of the bigger trades in the NBA season then you expect to be one of the top 10 teams in an Eastern Conference that uh, it's very top-heavy, but the bottom, you should have been able to separate yourselves, and everybody might have blamed it on COVID and Zach being out for that 11-game stretch where they went 3-8. and eight. There were too many games that they dropped while Zach was healthy. Too many games. <clears throat> counted too much on guys like Thad Young. Shout out to Thad Young, but counted too much on guys like Thad Young. Counted too much on younger players like Daniel Gafford and Wendell Carter Jr. and, and, and Lowry Marketing. Now... There is a, a, a veteran type of presence and feel and, and, and gravitas to this squad. And even with guys like Lonzo Ball, Lonzo's a young veteran, right? He's been on a couple of teams before this. You know, I've, I've long said he's been a pro since he was 18 years old in my eyes. I mean, we knew about the Ball family in his junior year uh, at Chino Hills. So this is a dude who I am so looking forward to watching play basketball, not only because of the, the, the style that he plays, pushing the tempo, uh, you know, a guy who can actually throw our oops to Zach Levine, one of the more what top five athlete in the NBA. How many times have you seen Zach Levine catch an alley-oops over the last couple of years? He's always had the ball in his hands, right? That's what I think is going to make him more efficient, make him more, uh, a more impactful scoring weapon. And even if he's not scoring 27 a game on 50% shooting and 40 from the three and 85 from the line, if his numbers take a dip, I'm fine with him because I think he'll be just as, if not more, impactful, especially in those fourth quarters because Lonzo Ball is going to have the ball in his hands. DeMar DeRozan is going to have the ball in his hands. And the responsibility that I think those guys have in coming to this team with some newness and, and, and picking the Bulls, let's be honest about it. You know, the Bulls haven't been a free agent destination, as we know, for a very long time. People have come here but come here when their prime was up or at the end of their window uh, as far as their prime is concerned. Uh, guys have come here, been here a year, and then gone elsewhere or been there less than a year, the Jalen Roses of the world, you know, guys like that. Zach Levine was traded for in the Jimmy Butler trade. You got Lowry Marketing in that trade. Uh, who, who else are you getting that? You got Chris Dunn in that trade. And, and the last man standing is a guy who made his first all-star birth and on top of it went and played in the Olympics, right? He went and played with, with a peer group that not a lot of guys get to hang out with, not a lot of guys get to compete with the next two. So hoping that that, that experience rubbed off on Zach in, the, in a positive manner. And I think it will. I, I think, you know, that, that all-star birth was just the 
the the tip of the iceberg for Zach. Do I think he's going to be a frontline all-NBA defender like my man Kendall Gill does? I do not. I do not. I think he could be a very good defender. I think he could be a decent defender, uh, uh, you know, uh, for the for the most part. But do I think he's going to be some lockdown defender dude? We'll see. I think he's got the instincts and the talent to be. It's just now the want to and the film study and all the other things that come along with it. I'm not doubting Zach. I'm just I, – I think Zach has already been formulated as the kind of player he's going to be now. It's just brushing up on some of those strengths and I mentioned DeMar DeRozan for the people who haven't been watching Spurs basketball over the last couple of years or year and a half or whatever the case may be he is he has turned into quite the facilitator and quite the playmaker and he's still one of the best isolation scorers in the game in terms of efficiency and and I, I think that'll be the key as Bulls fans watch this team this year efficiency can, can Lonzo Ball shoot it as efi- efficiently enough from the three-point arc, right? He was knocking on the door at 38% somewhere around there last year. Is he going to get the same looks that he got while playing with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, playing next to Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic? We'll see. But he's reworked his shot over the last year, and it's now a weapon. Um, and also, Lonzo Ball kind of had the ball taken out of his hands by Stan Van Gundy last year with the Pelicans, and he came to the Bulls because they wanted him to be himself. So is he going to not only change the culture when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, but defensively as well? I think Bulls fans are going to find out what kind of defender this dude is. And he's just, you know, he's I know he comes from the Ball family and a lot has been made of that, but he's a no-nonsense, you know, serious, um, understated kind of dude. You know, he doesn't – his his demeanor – you know, his morale doesn't fluctuate with every loss or every turnover or every bad quarter or good quarter. And that's kind of steady as it, as it goes, kind of leader that you need out there on the floor. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to actually him uh, showing me what he is as a pick and roll guy as well. Because with the pick and roll, pick and fade, pick and pop, whatever you want to call it, with Nikola Vucevic, when you're not running, you're going to have to feed Vuce. He's going to have to get his points you know, other than the alley-oops and the, the fast breaks that you're going to see with this team. So when you're not running or if there's a secondary break, I want to see how Lonzo Ball plays with another big man. Zion Williamson is a guy who's going to get the ball at the high post and go to work and do whatever he has to do. Now, I, I don't know that they ran a whole bunch of pick and roll uh, with New Orleans. I should say in New Orleans with – Lonzo Ball and Zion Williamson, but we're going to see some pick and roll op- opportunities for Lonzo Ball. You know, we're going to see more than just the drive and kick nature that he has. We're going to see his vision really be put to the test. And I'm looking forward to that. And the DeMar DeRozan piece, that three and eight that Zach, well, I should say the Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls had that three and eight record that the Bulls had while Zach was out with COVID. Well, now, if anything like that happens or if there's an off night, you you don't have to ride Zach all the way to the wheels fall off at the end of the season because you know, Zach was tiring at the end of last year. He will never admit it. And, you know, It's not like he's out of shape or anything, but there was, there was a whole lot on his plate every single night for the Bulls. Every single night, Zach had to be close to 30 points for you to be even in the games. So now with DeMar DeRozan, you got yourself a professional scorer who can go get you 20 any night, and on some nights go get you 30. If there's a night where Zach is not shooting as well from the field, and he's 7 for 18 or something like that, you can lean on DeMar DeRozan. And more importantly than even leaning on him, the fact that DeMar DeRozan gets to the free throw line, guys, that, listen, this team... 
did not get to the line at all last year when games were spiraling out of control every once in a while is because they couldn't slow a rundown. And and to me, one of the hidden gems and the hidden um, the hidden wins, I should say, in getting to the free throw line is slowing some of these runs down. You know, making sure a run is capped at eight two instead of being a twelve zero run or a fourteen two run, something like that. That's important. Those it's kind of like field position in football where, you know, yeah, I'm a pun on this one, but we're trying to pin you deep. Yeah, you, you can get a runoff. All right, let me get to this line real quick, slow things down, and then maybe get some substitutions in here. You know, live ball turnovers ain't going to happen when I'm at the free throw line. Like, it, it, there's, there's a nuance to getting to the line, and it's not just fouling guys out or uh, putting pressure on the defense constantly. Sometimes it's slowing things down for your team so you can get your shit together as well. And I think that's what DeMar DeRozan is going to bring to this team team i'm looking forward to it. now defensively it's gonna be some issues guys it's gonna be some issues uh whenever you got this many new players on a team i think defensively is the first thing that you're gonna notice guys don't know each other's weaknesses and strengths and i don't care how much you practice in two weeks or how many training camp scrimmages you have or the four games you get in preseason we're not gonna know what this team is defensively until the first 15 20 games of the season are over and they got a hell of a schedule to start this season so uh, this is this is a level of intrigue and fascination that i haven't had and or haven't i should say seen or felt around the bulls in quite some time you know, last couple of years have been the buildup of the young players and who's going who's gonna to ascend to that star level. Is it going to be Zach? Is it going to be Lowry? What's Wendell Carter Jr. going to be? Well, Wendell is in Orlando. Lowry is in Cleveland. And Zach is here as an all-star. And he's surrounded by guys who have been all-stars and a guy in Lonzo Ball who wants to become an all-star. So this this bull season is, is, is filled with a lot of interesting storylines. Patrick Williams. We talked a lot about Pat Williams and his importance to this team. And if he understood it last year, uh, you know, with the lack of aggression that you saw from him offensively at times, he went to summer league, he got the ball put in his hands, and he played like a guy who was the best player on the summer league team that didn't have much around him. He gets hurt in the in the off season. He, he sprains that ankle, that high ankle sprain, but he plays in the final preseason game. Looking forward to seeing him start against Cade Cunningham and the Detroit Pistons. Now his role has lessened, but I think that's the best thing for him going forward because now he's going to find his buckets in a way where it's not going to be so glaring that he isn't shooting. If, if Patrick gets his seven or eight shots or nine shots a game that he got last year, but it's not like, oh, we need you to be the third best player on the team. In this moment, we need you to be the fourth, the fifth best player on the team. You don't have to have all the offensive onus on you. Hey, why don't you play with these reserves a little little bit longer when these substitution patterns get figured out and you can go off then when Zach isn't on the floor when DeMar isn't on the floor you know when when Alex Caruso and and Lonzo Ball and and Pat Williams are on the floor that's a pretty good defensive lineup I don't care who else you throw out there in the other two positions now on top of it you got Lonzo who isn't going to force the uh the forced to play in terms of taking shots. You got Alex Caruso, who is a terrific playmaker. Let's get Patrick Williams going. That, those are the kinds of things that you're going to see. Patrick Williams is going to have to hold up some of these bench lineups or guys who are coming off the bench that are going to play with him to give guys like Zach and DeMar DeRozan a blow. So he's going to have to shine in those two or three minute spurts. So this is the next step in the maturation process for the guy who's the number four pick overall in the draft. So there, there's, and on top of it, he's going to have to 
be an anchor defensively because he's going to play a lot of small ball five if he stays healthy. So these are the things that I'm looking forward to this year. And Billy Donovan, he's always had a, a close to a top 10 defense in his time in the NBA. They were 12th, I believe, in defensive rating last year. So they, they, they finished up strong. How will this defense be put together by Billy? The, these are the next steps. You know, the honeymoon is over, right? Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley both admit that it was not just disappointing, but it, was, it, it, it just can't happen. This team not making the playoffs again, especially with the money that you spent in this offseason. So, Bulls fans, all the intrigue, all the fascination that you want, I'm looking forward to it. Wednesday night is going to be fun. But the season is back. The league is back. You're going to have fans back in the stands. Uh, this thing is going to feel a little bit closer to normal as much as it possibly can. I know some of the restrictions at the United Center have people uh, a little confounded, but you know, we're getting closer. We're getting back to, to feeling like we should. And what better than having a, a doubleheader on Tuesday night, if you're listening to this with uh, the Nets and the Bucks, and then the Warriors and the Lakers, and then we get this thing really, really kicked off on Wednesday. But Bulls fans, I, I don't know what they're back to, but it does feel like this team is kind of back. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. We got a Gucci purse behind you. We got a nice fridge with plants and shit. Lights. 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 Think about where, think about where we've come from where lights is lights. the reason why. And you got recessed, a whole bunch of lights in your shit. And recessed lighting That's in the kitchen. Who has recessed lighting in their kitchen? Hey, Rich man. motherfuckers. Oh, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much once again for tuning in to the Full Go Podcast uh, with Jason Goff. That's who I am. I, I'm merely him. And of course, uh, brought to you by The Ringer and Spotify is the gang. The voice you heard and are hearing right now is, is one of the, the, the better dudes that I've met in this industry. I consider this man a friend. Uh, you know, he checks in on me. I try to check in on him when, when times are good, when times are bad. This dude is a, a solid cat. You know him as, as Vinny Goodwill. Uh, Vin, Vince, I, I, I don't know where to start because the news is coming down as you are jumping on with me right here. Uh, what is this, Tuesday afternoon? Uh, ben Simmons has been thrown out of practice and it will be suspended for one game by the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's start there and work our way back to the Bulls some way, somehow. 
the man was was practicing with a cell phone in his pocket. I'm sure it's probably happened at some point in an NBA practice where a dude had his phone in his pocket, forgot to take it out, but not on team drills, not not where you could see the, the screen lighting up through his pocket. Uh, them breaking down the huddle at the end of practice was so uh, so very present that that Mr. Simmons did not want to be there. As my man Stefan said before you jumped on, like Seth Curry and Danny Green, who might be the nicest guys in the league, you could see them looking at like, man, this is some bullshit over here. Like, what's what's really good, man? Like, I don't, I. I'm like, we talked about this. I'm one of the few remaining Ben Simmons reporters, or supporters, I should say, and reporters maybe, but Ben Simmons supporters. Dog, I, I don't know. Like, everybody looks bad in this thing. It's about who's going to look the worst, and I fear that Ben Simmons is going to look the worst out of all of this with Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid. Oh, no, I think Daryl Moy looks the worst. Okay. Just because we don't see him or hear from him, doesn't mean that he isn't the reason for all of this. Like, don't get me wrong. Doc Rivers coming out and saying what he said after game seven. I know everybody points to that. Ben Simmons playing how he's played over the past few years. Working very hard to not improve at all, right? You know, that that takes a lot of talent to basically say, you know what, I'm going to be the same exact dude that I was (laughs) when I first came to the league. You know what I mean? That takes takes a lot of talent. It takes a lot of dedication, Jason Goff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – I think this is a reverse Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler goes into Minnesota, acts a plum fool, trade me, wins with third stringers. You mother bleepers need me, blah, blah, blah. Ben Simmons ain't got that kind of G in him. So what he's going to do is, even though I told y'all I don't want to come back, I told y'all I'm not going to play another mother freaking game for y'all. The only reason I'm back is to collect my check. So in the meantime, I'm going to be as passively disruptive as possible. Ben, come do this defensive drill. Nah, I'm straight. Why don't you want to come do this drill? Got this phone in my pocket. <laughs> can't really can't really pull that off. So this is a bad marriage that needs to end. How does it end, though? That's the, like, does, does he get his Chris Webber rebirth where he goes to a city where, you know, he doesn't want to be, but all of a sudden you take your cool off and you show everybody how good a baller you truly are? Does he go to a, a place where he can be the, the third option? Because let's face it, him being the second option is probably going to put you in a tougher, tougher jam than him being the first option. I like the phrase, take your cool off. I do. Yeah. I like I like that phrase. I've heard, I've heard that from you before, but I've never heard Take that from off. you for officially in a Jason Goff capacity. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm appreciative to be here on on these airways when you said take it cool off. That take that take take it cool that, off. That man. takes us back to the days of the chocolate options. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. I'm a I'm a blackboard. We don't whiteboard on this show. I'm a blackboard that for for people uh, in a, in, a, in another segment down the road. The chocolate options. The chocolate options. God bless. He's not he's not a chocolate option because nah. he he's a little too beige for that. But I yeah, think yeah, yeah. but I think what's gonna happen, Jay? He gonna get traded, and he gonna show his ass. And the best part, like he's going to he might not take his cool off, but he may not have to. Like, as a number one option on a team where everything's built around you, you get one rim protector, you get three shooters, and you let him rock, he's going to cook. Like, I talked to three talent evaluators that I trust implicitly when, maybe about two weeks ago, last time I really, really checked in, and they, I said, would you, would you trade for him? And one said, I could be doing this job for another 10 years, 
and I would not come across a talent like Ben Simmons. It would be malpractice of me not to do due diligence on trading a guy. Now, I don't like what came back. I don't like the intel that came back on him, but I did do my due diligence and I have to be able to entertain the possibility. I would not be, if we're talking about, you know, a rebirth like Chris Weber, we talking about the Chris Weber rebirth in Washington or the Chris Weber rebirth in Sacramento, you know, because it's two of them. And Ben Simmons could very well be that type of guy that changes the narrative on himself because he's so gifted and he's so talented and you don't have 10 guys like that in the league. It's just you got to make up and overcompensate for all of these weaknesses. Can't shoot, won't shoot. And the fact that if he's your best player and he's not putting in work, what type of team are you going to have when that's your best player setting the example? It's a lot It's a lot more questions, but I, I think he's going to show out once he gets moved. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's the uh, the never-ending soap opera, the NBA offseason that spills into the beginning of the NBA season. And they hope you hope it carries them till Christmas when everybody starts to tune in with their little football heavy and you, you figure out who's really good in the NFL and who's not, trying to trying to comb through what else you want to watch out there. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that wherever Ben Simmons lands, because, you know, I, I root for the talent being fulfilled. You know, like, I, I, I'm, you know, in any sport, you know, you look at who's the best guys, who you think the best prospects are, and who's going to fulfill that talent. You know, from the moment we saw him at LSU and even before that, you're like, okay, this is different. This is a 6'10 point guard who can move uh, the way he can move. But, yeah, that, that shooting thing. And I, I've long said, and, you know, I'm nobody's doctor, whatever the case may be, but, you know, we've talked about mental health. I, mm-hmm. like he's And, and his, his documentary on Showtime, uh, you know, he, he talked about some of the, the issues that he's not only fought, but the people in his family have fought. And I'm, you know, something in me keeps saying like this. This is more than just not wanting to shoot, right? This is this is a mental lockup when it comes to the like that moment. I mean, the moment where you pass the ball and and you got a you got a, a six foot nothing, you know, Trey Young underneath you, like that is the quintessential. Oh my God, my brain just locked up moment, and I I struggle with it, right? Because we all have anxieties, mm-hmm. and seeing him do that mm-hmm. in that moment, I'm like, yo. I'm. I feel you. Like I've I've had that moment. Hell, I mean, even interviewing, asking questions, you're like, all right. Hopefully, this question gets out the way that I intended it to. Like overthinking things, and I think that's happening because when we see him with the practice runs, oh, look at him. He's Ben Simmons is working on his J. He's knocking down J's at you know the the local LA Fitness. But when you get in the game, it's a different kind of spotlight. And I hope wherever he goes, he can just tap into whatever's going on in his head as much as he can tap into reworking his shot. I got, I, before I make this joke, I do have something <laughs> serious to say. No, I, I do, because I'm going to make a joke. I'm going to make a joke, because I didn't, I, I, I haven't heard your previous show, so I'm, I need to, I need to, right. I need to, I need to query you on something. But before the yeah. query, here's a serious thing. We can't say we treat mental health with a certain level of seriousness if we don't allow that to be the part of Ben Simmons' conversation. Like Naomi Osaka or, you know, someone else, they present an image that, that makes us feel good about ourselves. They present a certain vulnerability that makes us feel good for giving someone grace, for being an evolved human being. But because Ben Simmons comports himself like someone who doesn't want your grace, needs your grace, right. but deals with this at the same time, we're taught to look beyond the surface. We're taught to look beyond what we see and to be able to identify things, whether it's the triggers, whether it's the signs, whatever it is, and be able to look at someone as a fully formed human being. But because Ben Simmons doesn't give us that window, you know, that direct window, 
He doesn't fall on the sword of, of himself with the media and says, here's everything. I'm naked. Judge me, you know, at your own peril. Because he doesn't do that, we're not inclined to give him benefit of the doubt because, you know, because of all the things that we see, even if we know there's other things there. So that's that's a part of it. Now to the fun part, because <laughs> you talked about talent being fulfilled. And that just that struck me especially talking about like Christmas and everything. So my first thought to you, Jason Goff, was when Aaron Rodgers said, I still own you. (laughs) As Aaron Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT quarterback. Yes, people, I'm from Detroit. I quit the Detroit Lions July 27, 1999, the day Barry Sanders retired. Y'all can't say shit to me. I know. But as an Aaron Rodgers devotee, I'm just curious as to your reaction when he did damn. that. Was there a tinge of like, damn, he's right? Not a tinge. That shit hurt. <laughs> like, yeah, he, yeah. It's, it's a dude walking up to your favorite gal and saying, hey, you share that girl. <laughs> because oh. because her and I are, are more together than you would think. Like, he walked up to all Bears fans like, you know what it is. Like, you, you know how bad I've been beating your ass. So, on top of it, I'm going to let you – this is this might be the last times that we see him as a Green Bay Packers quarterback. That that's the I still own you game, and then whatever the hell gonna happen in Lambeau in December. Hey man, they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, you know, and and I went from K. McNown to Rex Grossman. You know what I'm saying? Like this, it, it, it's it's supposed to happen that way apparently. And until the Bears realize that Justin Fields is that dude and let him be that dude and put some pieces around him, it's it's gonna be the same thing, man. I, when a dude tells you that respect i keep saying respect it to check it and the bears have not checked it in the last 27 contests to the tune of more than five victories so yeah it it hurt but i got myself together because you know we got bills and other shit to do we can't be we can't be out here throwing plates at the wall and getting upset about green bay packers losses anymore but yeah i knew you was gonna bring it up hell i did i do the tuesday nfl ringer show with james jones and ryan shazier james wore an entire packer outfit you know what i mean he'd been wearing nothing but silver and black the last six weeks and all of a sudden his coach started calling people names and, and started doing wild shit on email all of a sudden it's it's go pack go with him so yeah that hurt that hurt. It hurt. And and yes, I can't get on you because you, the Lions thing is is too easy and you don't even really get down with them anymore like I'm that. I'm Teflon. It's Teflon. You you yeah. can't hurt me. I even try with the Matt Stafford stuff every once in a while, but it don't really get to you the way it's supposed to. I hate it. I hate it. I hate your guts. Uh, moving on here. I love moving you too. On. I love you too. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Moving <laughs> on here. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, they, they're a big toe away from going on and probably winning the NBA championship without a healthy James Harden and without Kyrie Irving last year. You don't think so? You don't think so? You don't think they would have beat the Suns last year? I don't know if they beat the Suns because I think Kevin Durant would have been worn down last year. Mm. James Harden's hamstring would not have gotten better with him playing on it. Right. And if anybody can attest to the whereabouts of Kyrie Irving, you know, health, mental health, you know, anything like that at that point, you let me know. So if Kevin Durant had to play 48 minutes the next round and then play 48 minutes against Phoenix, nah, we would have had Chris Paul hoisting up a championship trophy over his knees. Yeah? I don't know, man. KD's a bad dude. He's the best dude in the league. He is. But playing 48 minutes a night, every night for the next month would have been tough on a dude with an Achilles. Yeah, I know. I know. I just... 
I, that that Phoenix Suns thing has the uh, the I won't say the stench, but it has the feeling of enjoy this because this ain't happening again for a minute. Ooh. It had it, it had the feeling of the Miami Heat bubble finals appearance where it's like oh enjoy this guys because this ain't happening again for a while. Yeah, yes, yes, I said it and I believe it. You can give Duncan Robinson ninety million dollars all you want. You can give Kyle Lowry a boatload of money all you. Your ass is about to get beat in the first round of the playoffs if you catch a bad matchup. Yes, yes, and 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 don't match up. Don't don't get that. Don't get that fourth slot and have Zach and them boys waiting at five for you. Wait, don't do that. You, don't do that. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, I'm here. Is that what you're I'm here? For? Is that I what you're Is that what you guess what? For? Guess guess what? I hadn't thought about it until I said it just now, but damn it, I'm gonna plant my flag. If the if the Bulls meet the Miami Heat in the first round of the playoffs, it's gonna be a long series for the Miami Heat. Okay. Let you know that right now. You say it's gonna be some yes. smoke some smoke in the city? Some smoke in the damn city. Billy Donovan gonna have these boys playing uh, maybe a tinge of defense by the end of the season. But <laughs> no, nah, I think I think I think Lonzo Ball, man. I mean, we can get right into it. I, let's let's Lonzo, go. Lonzo Ball is Lonzo Ball been a pro since he was 18 years old, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And everything that he's gone through in his his early career, right? Like when you get traded on your rookie deal, that's a wake up call like none other. That's D'Angelo Russell and the rest of the dudes who have had that happen to him. Then you go to New Orleans where the Messiah comes in, and by the way, you got to get your food behind Brandon Ingram as well. This dude came to the Chicago Bulls because they're like, hey, you can have the ball. You know, like we ain't we gonna keep the ball away from you and him and Zach Levine and just the, the what he brings culturally, like a no nonsense dude who plays defense who's as talented as he is on the offensive end and finding others. Like there's certain dudes and I've said it for a long time. Certain dudes you can't say my bad to. I don't know if he holds that 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 gravitas in the locker room, but just by the way he plays, especially defensively, you you can't be the dude who isn't busting your ass out there with a guy like that who's quiet like I think I think he's a tone setter and then DeMar is I think a G like from what I've what I've gleaned in these last few weeks you know he can't the Bulls went from a team with uh, foundational pillars that you had to kind of find something out about but deep in your heart you knew it wasn't what it was supposed to be with Wendell and Lowry but you're like oh maybe maybe no the maybe babies got out of here and 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 they brought in some dudes who like yo I don't owe anybody anything in this city so I might as well hoop right like I wasn't drafted here mm-hmm. I, y'all paid me to come here on some Jack Parkman, you know, Major League Two type shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here to win. I don't care about Benny the Bull spilling popcorn on people. It's cold as hell here. I had warmer options on my plate, but I came here. So I think DeMar DeRozan, Alonzo Ball, and, you know, of course, Alex Caruso. I think I think the Bulls going to be all right this year, man. I think they're going to be okay. I think they'll more slot into that six sixth rung, you know, but I think I think some teams gonna have a long, long series, you know, messing around trying to guard everybody on that floor together. Now defensively and rebounding wise, you might you there might there's gonna be some issues. Tony Bradley gonna have to play big minutes. There's gonna be some issues. But I think the Bulls got enough firepower, man. I think they do. Now I could be wrong and I could backtrack on this or delete this episode uh in, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. But I think the Bulls got some some uh some some smoke for people out there this year. I I think I have the Bulls slotted and and Chicago may strike me down because of my days in oh, Chicago they will. because you know, let them tell it. I hated the Bulls, 
I hated their team. <laughs> Everything I, about the Bulls. I hated Derek, Jimmy, Tibbs, Fred, uh, Norm Van Everybody. Leer, Jerry yep. Sloan, Jerry Sloan, Michael, <laughs> Artis Gilmore, uh, Tom Borwinkle. <laughs> you know everybody, right? <laughs> I believe the Bulls will be the surprise team in the Eastern Conference. Okay, in that five-six slot. I don't think they're. Yeah. I don't think they're good enough to beat or good enough to be better than Brooklyn or Milwaukee or Miami, who I'm higher on than you. I'm higher on Miami. I know. I get it. Look, I, I'm a member. I'm a member of Heat Island. You know oh, what I mean? No. I thought you was about to drop Heat culture on us, though, That because that, that's some other shit that just needs to go. They, 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 their culture has been Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Eric Spolster and Pat Riley. You know, if if you got, you know, it wasn't no Heat culture when there's Bimbo Coles and Ronnie Cycli running around. Well, Shout out to both dumb brothers, by well, the way. Well, it, that, that's, it's Pat Riley. So what I will say about your Bulls, I have two thoughts on Lonzo Ball. Okay. Two conflicting thoughts. Which one you want to hear first? You want I want to hit a I want to hit a bad first. Okay, the bad first is this. Lonzo strikes me as a guy who's best when he benefits off of other people applying pressure to a defense. Like if you look at Zion applying pressure, just the gravity that he brings into the lane. Same thing with Brandon Ingram. He he shot a lot of threes because those guys were creating shots for him, not vice versa. It, it was, you know what I mean? Right, it, right. it was it was inverse as far as pressure. I look at who makes defenses uncomfortable. And Lonzo, to me, does not make defenses uncomfortable. He is a beneficiary of defenses being made uncomfortable from someone else. Now that could be Zach and that yeah. could be DeMar. DeMar ran a lot of the offense in San Antonio last year. You know, yes, career high in assists and everything else, but that was a completely different offense because he didn't have the weapons. Here's going to be a little bit different. So if you're expecting Lonzo to be the set-the-table point guard that's going to set everybody else up by his sheer aggressiveness, he don't have the body for that. He don't have the mindset for that. Like, Jason, people make Jason Kidd comparison. Jason Kidd's a big dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Physically yeah. going to beat you up, put you on his shoulder, and create those mismatches. Lonzo ain't like that. But here's where he helps. He helps in the basketball IQ department. Like, it sounds really, really simple, but you know smart basketball players when you see them, especially defensively and just simply knowing where to be. Like, to me, knowing where to be defensively, especially at the point of attack, makes life so much easier on the wings because they're not as compromised. Zach won't be as compromised. Those back doors or those ball-watching moments that, that would catch Zach, they're not going to hurt you as much because the ball pressure that Lonzo puts, the, the ball pressure in the wings, even if Zach gets beat, you got to get the pass there. And if Lonzo knows that, oh, Zach's on this side, I got to be a little more aware, a little bit more aggressive, he's going to play to that. He's going to, you know, he's going to play that way. So that's the two sides that I sit with. And I like the look ahead. I like the fact yeah. that he's not, he's get not, the ball out. he's not married to, I need to dribble this thing up 15 times before we give a court. No, no, no. Somebody open, boom, let's hit it. If we get in the man advantage, if we don't, kick it, kick it back and we're going to set this up and we're going to run strong in the weak side. I like that part of it. I like the pace of it. So with that said, defensively, yeah, going to be some issues, but offensively, as long as everybody stays healthy, God, the Lord shall strike me down. <laughs> play, you know what? Play this to your colleagues, your friends, uh -huh. especially, uh -huh. especially Jason Goff, some of your colleagues in uh, your yeah. studio. Make sure you play, uh, this, yeah. play this. Play this sound clip for them. No need to rewind this. The bad boy is behind this. I support y'all. <laughs>
There it is. I'm going to make sure Kendall hears that. Make sure Will Purdue hears that as well. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Busy Goodwill joining us here on the Full Gold Podcast with Jason Goff brought to you by The Ringer and, of course, Spotify. So back to these nets, the, the Kyrie Irving situation, by the way, uh, outstanding piece that you wrote about what we should be paying attention to when it comes to NBA vaccination and also uh, what we shouldn't be paying attention to. And you've been tweeting about it as well uh, after the story has kind of given us more layers. Um, the more that Kyrie Irving has talked, the, the less he has said, and I think the, the more holes he has poked in a lot of people's cases who really don't agree with him. They just want to – like I, the, the problem that I'm having is if you don't want to get the shot, you don't need Kyrie Irving to be your Sherpa. Like you don't need Kyrie Irving to take you to that gate, Mm-mm. right? And a lot of people is like, oh, man, I respect his – I respect his, uh, his, his, his personal stance on it. I respect his wishes. Listen, if you don't want to get the shot and you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing – Right. If you masking up, you washing your hands, you staying the hell away from people. Right. If you want to go through all that, knock yourself out. Just make sure that you go through all that. Make sure that you are holding yourself because when you speak in absolutes, you then can be judged by them. Mm-hmm. And, and there have been a lot of absolutes spoken by people around Kyrie Irving's thinking. And Kyrie Irving's sitting there like, I haven't said anything either way, but I'm just speaking for the people who have said the thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm also trying to figure out between Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, James Harden, who's going to break bad first? Like, who, who's going to be like, you know, because I, I, I have a feeling it's not going to be KD because of their relationship and what KD has kind of done for people on teams that he's I mean hell when people have shot shots at Russell Westbrook in Mm -hmm. in that in that relationship Mm -hmm. KD would grab the microphone and be like that's a dumbass question Mm -hmm. right just trying to hold his board down this situation I don't know if he's going to do that or have to do that and I'm sitting in the cut like if I'm James Harden hey man I just forced my way out of a kingdom that I was sitting in, the, mm-hmm. a, a surefire Hall of Fame kingdom. And I, I'm going to be in Houston for 12, 15 years. We ain't going to win a damn thing. I'm going to put up numbers, and I'm going to find myself to the Hall of Fame while making $200-plus million. I came to Brooklyn to win a championship. Steve Nash, you still got the comments of, you know, we don't even really need a coach, you know, probably sitting on his brain. So what's, what's going on there, man? Like, there's, there's so many storms, and the guy that I think is creating the most of it is saying the least – and doing the least. Like, at some point, you got to do something. You got to say something that's concrete. And I don't know if Kyrie Irving is going to come around to anybody's way of thinking anytime soon. Jay, I, I think you know this, and I'm not pulling behind a curtain on anything, but, you know, we as black media have to be really responsible. We, we take it upon ourselves to be really, really responsible when talking about Kyrie Irving because we know that some of our words can be co-opted and used by bad actors in the, in the face of essentially racism because we, they want to attack Kyrie's intelligence. So we always have to say, you know, preface everything by saying Kyrie's a good person. We think his intentions are in the right place and everything mm-hmm. else. While also trying to say, man, this dude tripping. Like, <laughs> you, you got to say all of that because we know it can be used in ways that are not intellectually honest. So we're going to be careful. But I always say, tell people, 
yeah, your intentions are in the right place for, about people who we fundamentally disagree with, who do not have our best intentions at heart. It's a lot of people I'm sure we can all name. We don't have to say it out loud. We can name them. So I don't give Kyrie but so much grace, but I do want to make sure that us as black media, that we can, you know, that we are all, all of us, from Stephen A. Smith on down, we all say Kyrie's heart is in the right place because it genuinely is, genuinely is, and you ain't going to be a weapon. You ain't going to use my words as a weapon for your agenda. Right, because the wrong people will use what we say. Absolutely. (laughs) Secondly, on the rankings of who will get sick of Kyrie Irving first, number one is Steve Nash. It's it's always going to be the coach. It's always going to be the coach who has to address the sliding scale of accountability. Like players deal with some things a little bit better. They can always point to the coach. They can always say, you're supposed to be the guy in charge. Figure it out. How am I supposed to figure it out when the guy ain't here? Figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, unfortunately, you take the blame. You take no credit. That's just the NBA. Right. So Steve Nash and being a part of the NBA's ecosystem and being a leader of a franchise and knowing how fragile a championship window is, he's sick of Kyrie Irving. I can, you can just tell. He's, it seems like he's sick of Kyrie Irving. James Harden is a dude without a ring. James Harden is a dude who came here and was like, hey, y'all. I, I got to wipe this off my resume. I need to. I need to get my slate clean. I, y'all got rings. You and Kyrie. You and KD. Y'all got rings. I need my ring. That's the reason that he came there. I didn't come here for no foolishness. Put it like this: James Harden acted such a plum fool in Houston a year ago that even he's like, "Man, Kyrie tripping." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Kyrie tripping. KD, of course, is going to be the last one because he's KD. I'm sure, I don't know if Jason, you've been like this. You all have that friend in your circle. Oh, yeah. Who you will defend come hell or high water. No matter what he did, it's not his fault, even though you know it's his fault. Of course. You got, you know, he just wrong place, wrong time, all the time. I I had a friend like that that I had to pick up from a, ooh, I was about to say something crazy. I had a (laughs) one-set of friend, one-set of friend, loved him to death, but the boy couldn't do right to save his life. And all I would say is he means well. He don't mean no harm. The boy just ain't got it all, right? right Until right. it comes to the point where you're like, man, I can't defend this no more. Can't I can't do this no more. I, I still love you. I, can't, I just can't, I can't love you like I love you. You know what I mean? Up close. And I think that's where KD, that's the position that Kevin Durant is in because he knows that Kyrie has the force of personality to put all this together. And he legitimately likes and admires him. But at some point, it's easy to support Kyrie when it costs you nothing. What we'll see what happens in December. We'll see what happens with that first three game losing streak. And then, yeah. it's, and then it's like, wait a minute, y'all. It wasn't supposed to be like this. We were supposed to be better. And the problem is this with Kyrie, they're one of the most explosive offensive teams of all time. Without Kyrie, they're simply the best team in the NBA. Pick a lane. Pick a lane, right? And, and the, the thing that I love, too, is like there's certain – like Andrew Wiggins is like, hey, man, I'll take this check, but y'all was tripping hard. Like Andrew Wiggins is like, I'm, I'm fighting for something. I don't know what it is until y'all I, – I, I, I tweeted <laughs> he was between a rock and a check place. You know what I'm saying? Like he had to figure out what that $30 million was looking like. It's really hard to tell the family who's been living a certain lifestyle, by the way, hey, we all didn't take this shot, but we all ain't getting $30 mil. Kyrie – how does this play out? Like, how do you see this ending? 
Because the whole Kyrie might not play basketball thing, I think, is up in the air. Like, I, he doesn't strike me as a dude. Like, he strikes me as the kind of cat that, that would be like, I really love basketball. But you know what? I would really love if they hated that I wasn't playing basketball anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thinking where it's like, I don't want to do this. But the fact that y'all think I won't do this, I'm going to do this. Like all, all the negative things that people said about Colin Kaepernick. He don't really want to play football. He don't have the love for the game. He just wants the attention. You can probably truthfully say that about Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving loves at 7.30. Boom, I'm out there. Boom, it's a crowd. Boom, it's an opponent. Boom, it's a ball. Let's go. I think everything around that, he probably has no use for. Or not as much of a use for. He's almost cursed with his talent as much as he's blessed with it. You know what I mean? I heard this. Because you don't. I won't say he doesn't respect his talent because he's worked very hard to get to the league, but I don't think that he embraces the responsibility that his talent demands. His talent demands that he be a, a much more committed ball player and committed human being. Even if it helps all the other things that he does, he's so inconsistent. He talks all this stuff about wanting to help humanity, but shows up to, you know, standing rock maskless. Uh, with a more vulnerable set of people than, you know, as vulnerable as the people that he's trying in the country, in the country, as vulnerable as anybody and him saying, I want to protect the voiceless and, or, or, or be a voice for the voiceless. When I don't know about you, Jason, I hear the voiceless speaking all the time, man, either they don't, they're very loud. (laughs) It's two things, things, Jason. And I'm, I'm being funny about this. They're either voiceless on Fox news or they're dead. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. No, it's real. And as somebody who's, you know, I mean, we've all been affected by this, right? We've, mm-hmm. we've had friends that ain't here mm-hmm. because of this disease. You know, we've, hell, you know, just at the news about Colin Powell yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And we've got close, immediate family members who ain't here. I was talking to Russ Dorsey about it. You know, he's lost close, immediate family members. So to hear people say, you know, it's a personal choice, it's a personal decision. I'm like, it's a public health scare, man. It's a crisis. So this ain't, this ain't you smoking, right? This ain't you not wearing a seatbelt. This is this is something else. So I just uh I hope the young man stays safe. And for my own selfish reasons, I hope he I hope he plays basketball because I know that's what he loves to do. I don't want him to play it if he don't want to play it. And this is the the final thing. The league gonna go on without you. Mm-hmm. The game doesn't stop. You know, I think NBA players because of the nature of the contracts and because of the nature of the social media engagement and, you know, the, 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 the personalization of each story and each, um, each player, you know, we know these players' stories. We see their faces. NBA players got to realize in the grand scheme of things, you more football players than you realize, like football players know from Jump Street, hey man, this game gonna chew my ass up. So let's enjoy this while we can. And these contracts ain't guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Basketball chew you up real quick, and maybe the money is guaranteed and all this other stuff. But basketball, and more importantly, for a lot of these dudes who need spotlight, who need light shine shine on them, basketball will move on without your ass. You know, everybody at post Jordan, what's the league going to be? Yeah, it was a few years there. We're trying to bounce around. But real basketball heads was like, I'm watching AI and Stephon Marbury in that all-star game turn up, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I, and, and then LeBron James happens, you know, a few mm-hmm. years after that. Mm-hmm. So the game moves on without you. 
Um, you know, Cleveland moved on without him. LeBron moved on without him. Uh, the Boston Celtics tried to move on without him. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, you see how far they went. Like, even the bubble thing. Like when my man was was getting into it about the bubble and, and, the, and the rest of the league was like, uh, we trying to win one of these easy chips. We don't know how many of these we going to get. So let's win this easy one. So he desperately, uh, I, he desperately wants to be seen as a leader. He desperately wants yeah. to be seen as someone who is respected and viewed in the same vein as LeBron James. He wants the same, uh, not he wants the same public validation. He probably looks at LeBron as like, I'm doing the same thing that he's doing, except same I got level. except I got more substance. I'm reading more than the first page of a book. You know what I mean? I went to Duke for six months. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot that he's got going on there, except. I don't know how many people, I think people admire him for how he plays. They may admire him on principle of Kyrie being this person who's not afraid type of thing. But I don't know if they really rocking with some of the stuff that he's saying. They're like, yeah, yeah, Kyrie, you right. While whispering, man, can y'all believe what this yeah, He doing this shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, I, 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 I'm just, like the there's a nobility that I think he could be attaining that he's missing with every like every time he talks. Like I got no problem with dudes sticking to their guns. You got to get some guns though. You know what I mean? Like you got to you got to tell me what exactly you're you, cuz if we're talking about joblessness and people losing their jobs because of mandates, all right, let's do do the lives part now. You know what I mean? Like, do do the people losing their lives and not having those jobs because they're dead? Do that part, or do the part where the people who are understaffed, like these healthcare workers, mm. who their jobs are, are becoming so strained. You know how many you know how many nurses and and people in the healthcare community stopped doing their jobs after this first wave of that summer pandemic? Like. People are like, yo, I can't do this, and I'm bringing this home every day to my kids. Right. Yeah, I'm going to chill for a little bit. So right. you got to understand that there's another another side to this, and, of course, in this time where we can't really talk to each other without you know, going to our agenda-filled corners and then coming mm-hmm. out scrapping, this is where we are with it. I just hate to see it. I just hate to see it, man, something that seems so rudimentary for a person who has measured thoughts at times. I hate to see this happening. Um as we take a look around the rest of the league, because I appreciate your time, man. Of course. You're giving me far too much of it as as it has been. Uh, I'm always intrigued by teams like Utah and Denver and some of those squads where it's like, you know, in a different league maybe, not this one, but in a different league, you, you guys might be champions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like every team's got – like every league's, you know, the, the trailblazers yep. in the 90s, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. Or, 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 hell, the jailblazers when people mm-hmm. were talking about Bonzi Wells and them boys and Damon Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. Like I take a look at the, the Nuggets. I'm like, damn, y'all have really developed and, and drafted well and y'all paying the guys y'all drafted, and I don't believe that you will be in the finals. Am, am I wrong about that? Or, or the Utah Jazz, is there like a, outside of crazy injuries, catastrophic injuries, do these teams have – a, a more of a chance than I'm giving them? Denver, I believe, has more of a chance than what you're giving them. Okay. I, think, I think you can play Rudy Gerber off the floor, unfortunately. If you can play someone's best player off the floor like we saw with the Clippers, minus Kawhi Leonard last year, and I don't see Rudy Gobert going and changing himself or, or the Jazz scheme right. changing drastically right. when they when what, what they do work so well most of the time. I don't see that changing. Denver is intriguing to me if Jamal Murray, who's not the most athletically gifted guy, 
comes back and settles into being a third option. Because mm. Michael Porter Jr. Got is, that bag. <laughs> he's a walking 60, 50, 90. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. why pass when I can shoot? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you only average yeah. 1.8 assists a game. Yeah, because when I keep it, it's a good chance it's going in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that type yeah. of thing. So, you know, Jokic will have another MVP type of year. Like, and he's a known commodity at this point. So I wouldn't be surprised if Denver had the best record, even with Jamal Murray coming back later in the season, even if he comes back in February or something like that. As long as they hold water, I think they can be tough. I hmm, I have a couple wacky predictions. Wacky. All right. I think the Lakers will start off slow. Yeah. I think they may settle into that 4-5 spot. Against the Ooh. L.A. Clippers in the first round. <laughs> Who's going to be better? Who's going to be better than you think? I already know how you feel about Paul George. I read the piece. Because Tyron Lue is the best coach in basketball. And when we talked about Ben Simmons being a one or three, Paul George is much better as a one than he is a two. Okay, this whole thing is being built around me. All right. I got shooters. I can defend. I'm gonna handle the ball. And I'm six nine. All right, cool. Let's rock. Let's let let's rock. And we expect nothing from the Clippers this year because they'll be without Kawhi. I would presume for the entire season. So if yeah. they they get a five seed, Paul George will be in that MVP conversation. I I, I feel no qualms about saying such things out loud. So okay. Phoenix, I think most people think Phoenix is done. I'm not a member of of that. I think they'll just be a tough out. They'll be they'll be a tough out. You're, you're going to have to beat them. And I think right. last year Milwaukee beat them. They didn't give it to them. Milwaukee beat them, but that's the way that you want to play. You don't want to give it to an opponent. You want them to beat you. Phoenix got beat. I think there's something to be respected about that. They'll if they lose or if they slide this year, it won't be because it'll only be because if Aiton lets the stuff get in his head, which which is an organizational issue and not an Aiton issue, in my opinion. Yeah. You should have took care of him. So that's but I think Utah's kind of in that spot where I'm not sure they got another leap to make. Who are we not talking enough about? The the Warriors, uh, the the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, I, I think the Knicks might come back down to earth a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Uh who who which team last year that, that was interesting enough to keep an eye on now is in that mode where it's like, hey, you better you better not sleep on this squad. Who is that for you? Two teams. The Boston Celtics. Hmm. Because clearly Brad Stevens lost lost his his feel on that team and even though he moved up i think there's there's going to be some better chemistry between the sidelines and the floor you know what i mean this is, I st- right. you still got jason tatum and jalen brown even if none of those guys are your number one championship guy you still got two really good i can take it and get my own guys and marcus smart and the whole kimball walker thing last year i think that hurt them i think that'll they'll come back and email with doka will help uh and secondly the memphis grizzlies because I love Jaron Jackson. We're talking yeah. about a guy who can defend the rim, hit the three, defend other three spaces on the floor, and have, and have a handle, and he just got paid, so he's not going to be worried about playing with the contract in his head. I think he's going to blow up this year. I think he's going to ascend to an all-star-ish type of yeah. level. And all the other teams that we're talking about, we're talking about old teams. Lakers old, Golden State old. You know what I mean? Denver and Utah have been there. Phoenix is Chris Paul old. You know what I mean? That type of thing. We talking right. about a team with upside and consistency. 
So Memphis, although it may be bad real estate in terms of NBA free agency, they've done a pretty good job drafting. And I think Jaron Jackson is going to help them take that leap from play-in team to team you don't want to play in the first round. My man, Vincent Goodwill. Before we let you go, man, I'll ask everybody that's jumped on this pod because a lot of people like to share their W's. Most people like to keep their L's to themselves, and that way nobody grows. Uh, your, your worst day of your career, your best day of your career. Wow. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. The day, the day that you didn't think you was going to come back from, from what, for whatever reason, and the day that, that made you feel like this is why I do this. The worst day of my career. I got to think about that one. The worst day, I'll tell you this. It was like worst day and best day all in one. Okay, even better. Like worst day. It was, it was I was working at Yahoo where I am now. Mm-hmm. And the, I broke the Chris Paul, James Harden story. And I caught all types of hell. And it was one of those things where I called my sources. Mm-hmm. Right, right before I pressed in, I was like, yeah, we you gave me solids, right? Right, I'm doing this. <laughs> I, I I call all of them like separately, yes, unbeknownst to each other. They didn't know. They didn't know each other. Hey, hey, what was said was what was said, right? I know this anxiety. Oh, it's so awful. <laughs> and I and then I had to get on a plane, so I so I sent a text to a friend of mine, and I was like, all hell's about to break loose. He's like, what? <laughs> Story comes out. I get on the plane. I cut my phone off. I'm getting phone calls and Instagrams and somebody, some kid posted my parents' address. Of course. On on Facebook. Thinking, Suck shit. Thinking that my, me and my dad, because we have the same name, they think they were pointing it to my house. So I got to call my dad in the middle Tell of the him. night and be like, look, hey. if some idiots pull up, he was like, oh, somebody pull up. Yeah, it's gonna be an issue. I got some phone. Don't worry about it. You know, but the but the anxiety of not being wronged, but the anxiety of like y'all taking this this serious. Yeah, man. And y'all and y'all trying to say that I'm wrong, and I know that I'm right. That type of thing. That was the worst for me because it didn't matter if I was wrong or right. You know what I mean? It didn't matter. It was the anxiety of this the tentacles of this affecting other people that got nothing to do with nothing. And we talking about a game. You know what I mean? The best day. I don't even know if this is, that's a great question. The best day. Cause I don't look at, Good day. Yeah, it's so crazy because everybody knows what the bad feelings feel like, and everybody you can there's like an access point that everybody can hit. Like, oh, I know what that feeling is. Whatever, whatever your bad feeling is, but when it comes to your best day, it's like, ah, uh, one, some people don't like talking about their best days or like labeling their best days, and two, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody can tap into what that that great emotion is, right? So, what was it for you where you're like, yeah, this is this is why we do this, or this is why. This is this is the way I want to feel more times than not, for whatever reason. It was, man, Jay, you 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 have me dig into the crates of the recesses of my brain here. Hey, man, it, hey, it could be it could be a, a college you know college story that you filed. It could be, you know, the first time that you were on with me and Sam Mitchell when we relaunched the uh, Sirius XM NBA radio show. Whatever it may be, brother. The best day <laughs> might have been like, oh, man, the, the best. I'll just say this. I don't know if it's a best day, but the best days 
are when you write something, not when you break something, because you break something, you break something, that's somebody giving it to you. Like you write something and it touches somebody. Yeah. Like, like I wrote, here's what, here's, here's what I'll give you, just thought of it now. It was during the pandemic last year. Well, yeah, we still in the pandemic. It was right. at the height of like George Floyd stuff. And I was in a meeting with some, with my uh, coworkers and they said, does anybody have any harrowing experiences? with the police <laughs> and of course me being me being black guy i'm like shit what's today right, thursday right, you know right, what i mean right. that type of thing and i thought i was like at first i was like man i don't want to write about this and another part was like man you know what this is not for me this is for everybody the, the world yeah so I, I man i did that i didn't like i wasn't crying or nothing like that one like it was emotional but it was more like a controlled emotion like keep it tight type of thing yeah, I wrote what I wrote about my experience, and literally within five minutes, you get the text of. It was almost like the text of someone who saw Boys in the Hood for the first time and didn't know what life right. was like, type of thing. Oh, I didn't know. Man. I didn't know, Martin. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> it was like that. You get those texts, and then you get the text or the phone calls from people who are like, "All right, I didn't realize it was this bad for even the quote unquote good ones." The good ones, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. what what am I supposed to know here? So I was then put in a spot where, as crazy as it was, I felt like I was helping people. I felt like it was cathartic for me. You know what yeah. I mean? Stuff like, I hadn't even talked to my parents about it, and then they read it. You know, that type of thing, and it opened up a, a certain level of conversation. So for that, Jay, I would say, even in the midst of everything that was going on in life, even hearing from ball players who reached out to me and said, yo, that shit was crazy. I'm glad yeah. you wrote that. People need to hear that. So it's always in the face of, usually you would think it would be in reverse. I wrote about a terrible experience type of thing, and that's the bad day. And right. I wrote this great story, and that's the good day. But yeah. at least with that, it was just me. Like, people came back, and it was it was me. I could keep that all contained and, and smoldered. And they wanted to know about us. How does it affect us? And, right. they, and they were able to dig deeper and have those conversations and who knows maybe nothing changed from that but if that was my small contribution to whatever was going on with black people during the quote-unquote time of reckoning that's something that i could say that i was proud of and, and happy for that my pain or my discomfort whatever that emotion was turned into something for somebody else hey and, and it did please believe me it did and if, even if it's for one person and changes their thinking or <laughs> forces a conversation that they're not used to having you know, I won't say that's why we do this, but there's there's more reasons why we are here than just talking hoops. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like especially brothers in our sphere, we don't we don't really filter our way to these points just mm -hmm. because we could talk basketball or just because we could talk sports. We we have somebody's ear, and sometimes they not they they don't want to lend an ear to certain issues, but it's it's incumbent upon us to make more people aware of what, like you said, the, the quote unquote good ones are the ones who have nothing to complain about what we go through when it comes to disarming people about stereotypes and also running into people with authority who uh, sometimes abuse that authority. So mm -hmm. I'm with you, man. I'm with you to the, to the wheels fall off. You understand that. Uh, so the good word with goodwill. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me about that. Cause uh, you know, I saw that. I'm like, man, my man getting all the checks out here. That ain't no new check. They just trying to make more of the check they giving me. I was, I was about to say, I was about to, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I, I knew about it, but you know, tell, tell me a little bit more about that. What you, what else you got going on? Well, well, that's basically a video series that we're starting at Yahoo Sports, where 
it'll I won't say I'm breaking anything here, but instead of NBA 75, where we do the 75 list of 75 greatest players, that particular space will be for like the 25 greatest figures, maybe okay. like the five best arenas, maybe the five greatest scandals. And, and we place a story around it and maybe we'll do some CGI, maybe we'll do whatever. But essentially, it could be me just riffing. You know what I mean? Just talking about a particular subject on the day. It can look a million different ways, a million different you know, configurations, but, you know, brothers like you who literally sit in front of a mic <laughs> and can talk to people, I genuinely, like, I don't think y'all get it when y'all listening. It takes a lot out of people to do this three times a week, five times a week, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Someone like Jason, someone like our friend Bomani Jones, like uh, the, level, the level of intimacy that it takes. You know what I mean? So if this is my contribution. It's my small contribution in a way that isn't writing or isn't on TV. It's just mm -hmm. me with in this one space. And it could be quick, it could be long, who knows? But it's just gonna be a space for that particular thing. So that's that's what, that's awesome. That, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, man. Shout out to Vinny Goodwill. You can check him out at Yahoo Sports. Anytime anything drops, you know I'm gonna retweet it. I don't give a damn who I'm working for or what I'm doing at the time because uh, the, the dude has held me down in many a moment that people haven't seen, and I'm always gonna hold him down in public and private. And hell, he's he's just damn good at what he does. Vinny, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. It's always good to see you. It's always good to talk to you. Continue blessings and, and continue great content because those are the things that people come there for and they stay for everything that is Vinny Goodwill, minus the Detroit stuff. You know? uh, look. Can I <laughs> Can, can we talk about Scotty Pippen for a second? All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank Vinny. <laughs> we'd like to thank Sit, Vinny. Goodwin. Sitting Bull, we can't talk about uh, Sitting Bull, Scotty uh, Pippen. We can't do here that. We go. We here can't do, we, we go. We, we can't do that, Jason. You know, it's so crazy. I'm getting shit now because I said Isaiah Thomas had the most underappreciated great career of all time. I'm getting I'm getting piled on by Chicago folks who think like I like it's some kind of weird thing to say that, that arguably the second greatest point guard of all time. Are they hasn't black? Been talked to. Are they black? <laughs> These people that said that. No comments. No comments. But no. There it is. Yes. All right. All right. He has gotten me in enough trouble, and it's always good trouble. Vinny Goodwill, right here on the Full Gold Podcast with Jason Goff. It's the Full Gold Vinny. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Coming up on the next episode of The Full Goal with Jason Goff. All right, that wraps it up for episode 17 of the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff. Looking forward to Thursday's podcast where we get more information on Robert Quinn's COVID-19 listing. And also, we're going to preview 
Bucks, Bears, Tom Brady going up against this defense. What will Justin Fields be allowed to do against that Buccaneers defense? Looking forward to talking to you as always. Make sure you call or text with your thoughts on anything on the hotline at 773-359-3103. 773-359-3103. Want to thank our guest Vinny Goodwill for joining us. Yahoo Sports very own. Make sure you check out Good Word with Goodwill. Looking forward to all the things that, that young man has coming. Not even young man, he old as hell, but looking forward to what he has coming this season because the NBA is back and if Vinny Goodwill is writing about the NBA, then they are, all of us are smarter for having read it and heard it. Thank you so much to our producer, Chris Tannehill. For Chris and the gang, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for reviewing and doing all the stuff that you're doing with this podcast. We are doing well because of you guys. So that's about it. The Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff brought to you by The Ringer. And as always, Spotify is the gang. Take care of each other and be safe. Thank you for listening to my daddy. It's the Full Go, baby. Okay, bye. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.